We're in this series, It's Your Move, and the, um, for those of you that are, are new in here, our, our vision and mission as a church is, is upward, outward, forward. Upward that every person that walks through the doors of our church would grow closer to Jesus. And, and so, so that idea of growing spiritually, every one of us growing in our faith, um, it, it, it's your move. And, and the reason we say that is because we can plan it, we can have that vision all we want, but in order for you to grow in your faith, you have to take a step. It's God that does the work, it's God that transforms, but you take your next step. And so we have Growth Track, which is um, what this year we've, we've rolled out, and, and the idea behind Growth Track is that no matter where you are, whether you're brand new to church, you don't know anything about it, or you've been here for 50 years, you can, you can see where you're at and take your next step. And, and so today we're talking about it's your move. Last week, um, the idea was discover. We're working through Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, and we're kind of Working through it really quick, I wish I could take a lot more time, but, but last week we focused on chapter one and the idea of discovering. Chapter one of Ephesians, it, a lot of it is about, um, the, it, it's what God has already done, it's us discovering. And so, so the ideas we saw, there were four things. Number one, that before creation, he chose us in him. Number two, that he pursues us. Number three, that we discover him. And then the response of that, Paul says, is we worship. Um, we, that we, the flowing out of worship. And so last week was discovering. And maybe some of you are in that place that, that you are still discovering who you are in Christ. This week, we're going to talk about connecting. And so our word of the day is what? Together. Because part of our growth is that not only do we discover who God is and who we are in Christ, but we grow together. We are connected together. So today we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. If you've got a Bible with you or if you've got your phone and have the Bible app, I'd encourage you to pull it out and go to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, not all that I'm going to read is going to be up on the screen. Um, but today we're talking about connecting so I'm going to start in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. It says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So let me just set that up. Last week, we talked about discovering that before creation, we were chosen in Christ. We are adopted into sonship. That's the discovery. Um, but the truth is, all of us have fallen short. All of us have sinned. At the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve came into this world, they chose their own path. They chose selfishly to go against God's will. And at that point, sin and, and sickness entered the world. And ever since then, every single one of us have been born into this world with a selfishness, with a sinfulness. And so while it was God's desire, it was his creation, we were created for holiness and righteousness, we were created and chosen in him. The truth is that we are all sinful and fallen. But I, I love verse four. It says, but because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Verse 8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's not something you can do. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the story. We were chosen in him before the creation of the world. We were chosen. We were adopted. But we were born into sin. Because of man's choice to go against God, every single one of us has fallen short. And and because of God's love and mercy... We are brought out of that and made alive. So three things. Number one, we were all missing it. We were all dead. We were all living in sin. We were all lost. Number two, because he loved us, he makes us alive. So there's something in there, though, that's very important. Because there's discovering what God thinks of you, who you are in Christ, but then there's this act of surrender, when you understand that, that you are lost, when you understand that you've been living for the wrong things, you've been chasing after things that can't fulfill you, there's a moment that you have to say, okay, God, I surrender. And at that point, we see verse four, because of his great love for us, God has made us alive in Christ. Through the work of Jesus, we have salvation once we are willing to surrender and God transforms us. And then verse 10, because we were created for this. Verse 12 goes on and it says, remember that at one time you were separate from Christ. Listen to the language used here. At one time you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope and without God in the world. But verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So you were separated, you were excluded, you were foreigners, you were without hope, you were without God, but because of his love and his mercy, he has brought us near. So verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So we were created, we were chosen, we fell off because of man's choice, because of Adam and Eve's choice to sin, we were born into sin, but because of God's love and God's grace, if we will surrender, we are made alive again. So last week was discovering, this week is a lot of action, right? And so we see this The reason I want to go through the whole chapter, chapter 2, the reason I want to read more than just 19 through 22, 19 through 22 is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today, but the reason we needed to see this is because I wanted you to see the progression of how God works in our life. We were created, we were chosen, we've fallen, His grace brings us alive again when we surrender, and then... In verse 19, you're no longer foreigners, you're no longer strangers, you're no longer lost, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and you are members of his 
household. That's good news today. Listen, if if you're in the discovery phase, I want you to know you can search for a lot of things in life. You can can put all your time and effort into work. You can put it into sports. You can put it into your hobbies. You can put it into relationships. But if it's not grounded in Christ, it's all for nothing. But because of God's love for us, because of his mercy, he makes us alive in Christ when we're willing to surrender. So last week was discover. Then we surrender. We discover who we are in Christ. We surrender and we are made alive. Today is is Baptism Sunday. and, And today we celebrate that we are made alive in Christ. So four people have chosen to be baptized today and this is a symbol of the work. It's a symbol of exactly what we're reading in Ephesians 2. That once we were lost, but now we've been made alive in Christ. So when we're, when we're dunked under the water, the idea is we were lost, we were sinful, we're dunked under and it symbolizes that when we come out of the water, we have new life. It's an outward expression of the work that God's done in their lives and every single one of us Every single one of us was lost, was fallen, but because of his great love for us, he makes us alive. So so at this point, um, the language has changed, and and you start hearing language that's different. So I need some volunteers. Um, Can I get a few kids? I need four kids. I see four right there. Come on up. Here we go. So I want you to see Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to see it acted out. So here's what we're going to do. Here you go. I want you to take that. I want you to go over into that corner over there. I want you to take that one. I want you to go up behind the drums. I want you to take that. I want you to go over there. I want you to take that and go over there, okay? So here we are. They're going to get over there. Once you get, well, hold on. Wait to put it on until you get over there. Get in your spots, okay? All the way across. Now, now when you get there, put that blindfold on. So at one point, we were all lost. Think about this. Now, now they obviously know that there's other people in here, but if you were blindfolded in here, if you couldn't see anything, you'd be lost. You'd be excluded. You'd be on your own. And so Ephesians 2 says, once we were all lost. And then And then in verse four it says, but because of his great love and mercy, we are made alive. We discover, surrender, and are made alive. So take the blindfolds off. There they are, give them a hand. They're doing good, aren't they? All right, so so now you can see, we've been made alive. That's good news, right? And then something happens. See, it's not that, that we surrender and we have salvation and it's over. No, there's more to it. There are next steps. Every single person in this room has a next step to grow in your faith. It's God's will that every single one of us, no matter how young, how old, how long we've been in church, would continue to grow in our faith. And so, so we're going to illustrate this, and then I'm going to read verse 21 and 22 to you. So we're going to pretend that this baptismal right here is God, okay? Everyone see that? You guys see that? This baptismal is God. So they've been made alive, their eyes have been opened, they now have life, and now it's a journey to grow closer to God. So I want all of you to take a step towards God. All right, now I want you to take another step towards God. All right, keep coming, take another step. Here we go, keep coming, come on, there you go. Keep on coming. All right, so so what's happening here? Not only are they getting closer to God, 
Not only are they growing in their relationship with God, but what else happened here? They started from way out there, and they end up here. They've not only grown closer to God, they've grown closer together. You guys can go sit down, give them another hand. Way to go. You can take the blindfolds. I'll get them later. Thank you all. So this is Ephesians chapter 2, summed up in a picture. Once we were all lost. We were all on our own. We were blinded. We, we were done. We had no hope. But we were made alive in Christ. And as we grow, listen to what verse 21 says. It says, in him, the whole building is joined. What's the word? Together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I love this picture Ephesians gives us. Chapter one is all about discovering who we were created to be. Chapter two says, you were all lost, you were all broken, you were all hopeless. But in his love and mercy, God made you alive. And as you grow closer to God, you are being joined together. You are growing together to be a temple of God, the holy temple of God, and to be a dwelling place for his Holy Spirit. See, way too often we make our faith an individual thing. We've made a huge mistake. This is kind of of a Western culture, an American type thing. We've made our faith a more personal and personal thing, and, and we've taken away the fact that, that our faith is meant to be lived together. See, most of our spiritual activity, in fact, we talk about our spiritual life, and we think of that oftentimes as something that happens on my own time, something that happens apart from everyone else, and, and then we have our physical life, but we're missing it if we're living that way. God's plan was not just to take the blindfold off and have you hovering around by yourself alive. No. God's plan is that we would grow closer and closer and we would be built together into his holy people. Three times it says, he's made us alive together. He's joined us together. He's built us together. Are you getting it? This isn't just a personal thing. And and listen, God works in personal ways, but as we grow in our faith, as we grow closer to God, we, the people of God, have to grow together. We are being built into his spiritual temple. So if we're living a faith that's solitary, if we're living a faith apart from other followers of Christ, we're not being built into the holy temple. I was thinking about this. Most of the time when you worship loudly, we, 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 think of, you know, we think of worship services, and worship is a lot more than singing, but a lot of times when you have worship experience, a lot of times those are personal times, aren't they? The other day I was, I was riding on the riding mower around the yard, and um, I live back right off of, um, of Barrett Road, and right now they're, redo- they're making a roundabout back there. So just behind my house, I've got a fence, and then I've got a yard, I've got a mow behind that. And, and there's usually quite a bit of traffic back there, but right now there's not very much at all because they've got it closed down. And so I was mowing the other day, and I'm listening to my headphones, and all of a sudden just a great 
classic worship hymn comes on. And I'm riding the mower, the mower's loud, and I'm thinking, I'm getting into the song, and, and I'm starting to, I'm, okay, I'm starting to sing. And all of a sudden, I start worshiping. I mean, it's like a full worship service broke out right there on my riding lawnmower. And I think I'm in my own personal bubble, and I'm worshiping, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs. Have any of you done this before? And all of a sudden, I look over, and Megan's walked out the back of the house, and she's waving at me. And I was like, oh, what's going on? So I, I, you know, I take my headphones out and I, I say, what? You know, I'm still a ways away. And she says something, but I don't understand it. So I, I put the mower in drive and I drive around and I drive up next to her and I, I say, hey, what's going on? And she says, you sound good back there. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I got a little bit embarrassed. Because <laughs> my personal worship time all of a sudden was a concert for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> And I, I was belting it, and I don't think I did sound good. That was nice of her to say. But honestly, there have been a lot of times in my life where I'm by myself, and I have amazing times of worship. And listen, hear me say this. There is nothing wrong with personal times of worship, but the problem is sometimes when I come together with the body of Christ... I don't worship with the same level of intensity when I think I'm protected on my riding mower, when I think I'm in my room and nobody can hear me. I, I can really get into it and I can worship. But worship isn't just something that happens on your own. You are not supposed to live your faith on your own. We are being built together. And way too often, we worship on our own and then we come together and we... Uh, we get pretty quiet and we get pretty guarded. We, we don't pray a lot out loud in our, in our culture. We went to Honduras a few years ago and, and, and the people of the church said, we wanna pray for our team that came from America. And so we stood up and about five or six people gathered around every single one of us and put their hands on us and they said, let's pray for them. And you know what happened? It wasn't one person saying a prayer from the front. It was five or six people praying out loud, very loud, praying for us. Sometimes we've, we've kind of made prayer a personal thing, haven't we? We're, we're good at listening to other people pray, and when we're on our own, maybe we pray, but, but we've made our faith private and personal. We've, we've gotten pretty good at putting guards up, haven't we? we? We're pretty good at acting like everything's okay, acting like there's no problems in our life. But if we're being built together, we are worshiping, we're growing, we're becoming vulnerable to God together. That's the design, it's not a personal journey, it's not that we take the blindfold off and I stay in my little corner, no, it's that we're being built into the holy temple and God is doing something incredible and as I'm transformed, we are transformed together. When we are raised to life, as we will celebrate today, we are joined together. And so there's two things that it says here that are the result of us being joined together. Number one, it says together we form his holy temple. I want you to get the significance of this. You know, I, I work here and so 
So sometimes through the week, I'll be on a phone call and I'll just want to sneak away, you know, not walking through the hallway like Pastor Dale. I want to sneak into a place where nobody else hears me. And so I'll, I'll step into the sanctuary. And, and when I step in here, I got to tell you, there's just something about this place. Like, this is God's sanctuary. And when I walk in here, there is just something. I mean, I just think, wow, this is, this is a beautiful, this is God's temple. And have any of you ever been to a beautiful, beautiful, I mean, this is a beautiful sanctuary, but have you ever been to like, you know, one of those old cathedrals with all the beautiful stained glass? And I, I mean, it's incredible. It's God's holy temple. What, what Paul says here is that we, as we grow closer to God, are being built together to be God's holy temple. So we think of this place with reverence. We think of this place as a very special place. It, it used to be, and my kids are the number one offenders of this, but it used to be that you didn't run through the church and you didn't climb on things because it was a holy place, right? And it is. And I'm sorry for my kids. <laughs> but the truth is we are being built together to be the holy temple. It's not just about this physical place. It's a great place. It's a wonderful, it is God's temple. But we, as we grow in our faith, are built together to be God's holy temple. So let me tell you how this works. This week I went to breakfast with Scott Mishler. Scott used to attend here. He's still a big part of our church. But Scott has become the pastor of Morrow Church of the Nazarene. And so I haven't gotten to see Scott as much lately, so, so we got together, I think it was um, Thursday morning, and had breakfast over at, right across the street at another Broken Egg Cafe. And we're sitting there, and all, like, when I get together with Scott, there's not a whole lot of chit-chat about sports or the weather or anything. All of a sudden, Scott and I are talking about worship, we're talking about what God's doing in our life. We're talking about our struggles. And one of the things I love about Scott is that he cries more than I do. There aren't many people who cry more than I do, but Scott, we're sitting right across there in a full cafe, I mean, full of people, and he and I are sitting at a table just crying together because of what God's done in our lives. I told him I'm really jealous because he cries more than I do, but he doesn't get all messy with it, and I get messy. But two grown men sitting in another broken egg cafe, crying together, praying together. We put our heads down and prayed for each other. And when we finished, we stood up and we hugged each other. And it was, there was love there. And, and you know what happened there? We were the holy temple. We were in the middle of a restaurant with a bunch of people who probably thought we were crazy. You know what was happening? That was church. That was God's people being made into his holy temple. When we come together, when we grow in our faith, we are built into a holy temple. And sometimes we want to protect this building, and that's great. But listen, we need to protect our relationships with each other. We need to protect our relational temple as much as we do this physical building. Because we are being built into God's holy temple. The second thing, together we are a dwelling place in which God's spirit lives. 
When we are made alive in Christ, we are filled with his spirit, but there is something special when the people of God come together and the spirit moves. And, and listen, I'm not talking about coming together and just eating ice cream or, or talking about sports. That's all fine and good. I'm talking about when the people of God are unified together, when we're not worried about the people sitting around us, but we're praying together and we're crying together and we're vulnerable together, sharing our weaknesses, sharing what God's done. When that happens over at another Broken Egg Cafe, not only were we God's temple, not only were we the church, the Holy Spirit was moving. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I, I love worshiping with you every week. And in Acts chapter 2, in the beginning of the church that we studied in our last series, the people gathered together to worship in the temple daily. But it doesn't stop when we leave here. And I just want to say this, the people of God need to start being the temple of God, need to start seeing the Spirit of God move outside these walls as much as we do inside. We need to be at work, and we need to be God's holy temple. We need to be at restaurants, and we need to be God's holy temple, and we need the Spirit to move through us because this is what God is doing. You saw once we were excluded, once we were blind, once we were lost, but now we've been made alive and we're being drawn to God. And as we grow in our faith, we grow together. The truth is, if, if you're growing away from other people, from followers of Christ. And I'm not saying you gotta be best friends with everyone. I'm not saying we all have to have all of the same thoughts and all of the same agreements. But if you're growing away from love with other followers of Christ, you're probably growing away from Christ himself. God is building his holy temple. And so, so what that means is that each and every one of us have a part in that. We have to take the next step. We have to grow in our faith. And as we do that, God's transforming us. It's God that makes us grow. We take a step of faith and God transforms us and we become the temple. So the question I have today is this. What is your next step? How can you connect deeper. It's, it's one thing to say, I'm going to grow in my faith, but if you're going to grow in your faith, you're going to grow in your love for others. So what is your next step? We're going to celebrate with four people, and we're going to celebrate the sacrament of baptism, the grace that flows, the, the celebration that, that death has turned to life, that we've been made new. And my prayer today is that all of us can celebrate life in Christ. If you're not there, I want to ask you not to miss this opportunity to discover who God is and to surrender everything you have, because it's the only way to have life. But today, each and every one of us celebrate together. One of the things I love about the baptismal being right here is that we are together, man. This is in the middle of us. We're not just watching somebody. We are together worshiping and celebrating. And so today, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate and worship together. And my prayer for each and every one of us is that we will continue to take our next steps and grow closer to God and be built into the Holy Temple. Father, we love you today. I thank you for the amazing news in Ephesians chapter two. 
I thank you for your grace and your love. I thank you that you have made us new. You've given us life when we were lost, when we were broken, when we were hopeless, Lord. You gave us hope. Now my prayer, Lord, is that we would continue to grow and become more like you and that we would grow together to be your holy temple, the dwelling place of your Holy Spirit. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.